0: bet all the, uh, of all the things that Corona has brought into our lives, all the super introverted people are glad that the the greet time between blessing the kids and uh, the sermon has been nixed from the sermon. You know, like they're just singing in their soul. Thank God I don't have to shake everyone's hand. <laughs> but. Uh, For all of us extroverts, we're dying inside. That we have to just be grounded (laughs) and wait. Um, My name is Pastor Joe, and I'm glad to be here sharing the Word of God with you again. We are in the book of Hebrews, which is a like the Mount Everest of the New Testament. You know, it's it's uh, and we're kind of like at the foothills. You know, trying to, t- trying to climb up that thing. And we're going to be climbing up this book for months. And we are in chapter two. It's our third week. And I want to pray for us as we get into his word. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you so much for your good word to us. Thank you so much for your truth. Thank you for air to breathe, God. We thank you for health. We thank you for life. We don't take any of this for granted. We we we've known all of us have lost those who have fallen sick and um, Lord, we we pray that we would be grateful for you waking us up each day. I pray that we would be thankful that you give us air to breathe. We thank you a For Hebrews 1 chapter 3 that you you not only made the world but you hold it all together by the power of your word. And that if you were to just kind of let go of the wheel for a millisecond, everything would cease to exist. But you hold all things together. And we thank you, God. We thank you so much for that. And I pray, Lord, as we continue in this series, Lord, we would Asks ourselves again and again, are we faithful? As we look through this book, which is like a sermon, a message with its warnings to not drift away, to not have a bitter heart, to not have a defiant heart, to not wander from you, to consider to you, to look on you, to fix our eyes on you. I pray, Father, that we would do that. We would look to you and we would learn. More about you when we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, help me. In 2016, we finally got the movie that played out the scenario of every 10 year old boy's mind ever where they debate who would win in a fight Batman or Superman, right? and 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 here's like there's always the caveat because it's like obviously if Batman and Superman just sort of like appeared in a room together and like had no warning no heads up Superman is just gonna destroy Batman because it's Superman but give Batman like nine months to prepare what is Batman's what's his his thing his whole thing is he's rich and he's brilliant and so we see two encounters in Batman versus Superman. We see the first one where Batman just gets destroyed and Superman's very clear, like, you only live because I have mercy, <laughs> you know? And then, and then we, we see the, the second one, I, you know, if you've seen, didn't see the movie, sorry, but it, 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 it doesn't go the same way the second time. <laughs> but, but I remember when the, the movie was coming out and they were gearing up for the movie, um, they had this one commercial that they'd play all the time and it, it was in that early fight right after right after Batman gets schooled by Superman um, and uh, he's kind of like thrown into his car and it's like bent around him and he comes out and he's, he asks Superman he says do you bleed and then as Superman flies away he just says to himself you will is seething with anger tonight we're gonna see and this is the title of my sermon that god bleeds that god bleeds and the first thing that i want to call your mind to is that humanity is not all that we were called to be so let's read this word We're starting in verse 5, going to verse 18 in chapter 2 of Hebrews. Once again, chapter 2 of Hebrews, starting in verse 5. For he has not subjected the angels, the world to come that we are talking about, but someone somewhere has testified. What is man that you remember him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him lower than the angels for a short time you crowned him with glory and honor and subjected everything under his feet. For in subjecting everything to him, he left nothing that is not subject to him. As it is, we do not see, yet see, everything is subjected to him. But we do see Jesus made lower than the angels for a short time so that by God's grace he might taste death. For everyone, crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. For in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was entirely appropriate that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, should make the source of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For the one who sanctified and those who are sanctified all have one Father, That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will sing hymns to to you in the congregation. And again, I will trust in him. And again, here I am with the children of God. Here I am with the children God gave me. Now, since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these so that through his death he might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is, the devil. And free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. For it is clear that he does not reach out to help angels, but to help Abraham's offspring. Therefore, he had to be like his brothers and sisters in every way so that he could become a merciful, and faithful priests in matters pertaining to God to make atonement for the sins of the people. For since he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are tempted. Amen? Jesus is the high priest who knows what it is to be tempted. He knows what it is to struggle, and he knows what it is to suffer. The first thing that I want you to see in this passage is, is that humanity is not all that we're supposed to be. So Hebrews, the author of Hebrews, is quoting Psalm 8. And if you go back and you read all of Psalm 8, what you see is this beautiful psalm where God creates this amazing world. It's full of fruit, and it's fruitful. And then he put mankind in this world. And then mankind is set a little lower than the angels. And so there's like two things happening here at the same time. The psalm is about all of us. The psalm is about what we were meant to be. We were meant to be in this garden of God. We were meant to be in this world as people who would help God rule this world. But then the author of Hebrews reveals another layer, like an onion, and says, No, like, yes, yes, but this is this is about Jesus. This is about Jesus. He became He became a little lower than the angels. And then we flesh it out, and we see later in the passage, we see he took on flesh and blood. What we're seeing here is that the author of Hebrews is saying even after he argued through chapter 1 that Jesus is higher than the angels, <laughs> that through, through him, angels were created, and angels worship him. The author is also saying, guess what? Jesus is also man. He's a man. He's, he, was, he was made just a little lower than the angels. And when we look at this, we got to kind of, get, I'm getting ahead of myself. I want to look at this idea that we see in this word, that um, we were made to help God run this world. That, that, that's really the original context of Psalm 8. Go and read it. That we were made, and we were put in a garden to take care of it. The first job anybody ever had was a farmer. And, and, and all of Scripture is about like, hey, listen, take what God gives you and make it better. It's like the kindergarten lesson that you should leave the room you you go into a little better than you found it. (laughs) And, And God gave us the capacity to do this. And yet I've got to ask, how well are we doing at it? How well are we doing as stewards of the earth? Have we not failed? I was looking into this whole situation with Walter Wallace Jr. who was shot um, by the police a few weeks ago. What's going on there? It, It doesn't matter what conclusion you come to or what bias you enter into it. Can you not agree with me that there are multiple levels of fail in that story? Where you have a guy who is mentally unstable, who has been calling, there's been like almost on a daily basis people being called in because he becomes a danger to himself. And he's living in the neighborhood. And on top of that, it turns out he has seven kids and on top of that there's a mother now grieving her son and now has all these grandkids and on top of that you're a police officer and the guy's running at you and it's it's messy and it's complicated but my whole point is my only point in this is there is so much that we have failed at that 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 we get to a spot where you can't even p- pick out one thing like There is so much failure in that one story and now you have a loss of, of life, a life made in the image of God. And including the failure of bias and the failure of, we all know, the failure of looking at people and looking at the color of their skin and making judgments about them, which can, in certain times, make the difference between life and death. Have we not failed? Have we not failed when we are in the richest country on earth and yet right here in 08030 in Gloucester City there are kids who don't eat for days? Like, have we not failed? Have have we not failed when we we have not protected, we have not valued the lives of those who haven't yet been born? Haven't we failed? And we haven't put a value on our bodies where we just are having children outside of God's covenant of marriage and we're just like, we don't even know what to do we don't know what to do with these kids. Have we not failed? Have we not failed with the whole mental health situation? Have we not failed with the whole issue of the opiate crises? Have we not failed with COVID? And yet, and yet, brothers and sisters, I know you, if you're honest, on your honest days, you can agree with me on this. Most of your problems, most of your problems in your life have nothing to do with who is going to, through court, or through vote or whatever, become president of the United States. Most of your problems were caused by you and your family. Am I in the room? Can I get an amen? <laughs> you see in verse 2, verse 8, that verse 8 says, you know, Everything is to me subject under Jesus. And yet it says, we do not yet see everything subject to him. And this is why there's a fail. Because like we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. And we've taught you to pray, you know, on, in Gloucester, as it is in heaven. Or in whatever home with your family. And at your dam- dinner table, as it is in heaven. But I want you to know that we have to pray that and we have to work that because that's not how it is. Psalm 8 shows this picture of man ruling in paradise, but we are far from paradise and there are all kinds of fails out there. And we live in the tension, brothers and sisters, between verses 8 and verses 9. It says, For he subjected everything to him, He left nothing that is not subject to him. As it is, we do not yet see everything subject to him. But verse 9 starts like this. But we see Jesus. (laughs) But we see Jesus. Let me give you the the Gloucester translation. Okay? Okay? Things are messed up, but we see Jesus. Yeah, things aren't subjected to the king. Things are messed up, but we see Jesus. Our marriage is messed up, but we see Jesus. Our kids, in ways, are messed up, but we see Jesus. Our finances are messed up, but we see Jesus. And when we're honest with ourselves, our very own minds and our very own hearts are messed up, and yet at the same time it's true that we see Jesus. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Like, we live in this spot where Jesus came, and he came to make his little kingdom come and grow and grow and grow like the mustard seed until it's like the water over the earth and covers the whole world. But but right now, we live in that place of tension. We live in that spot where Not everything seems to be subjected to Jesus. And so, because of this, God had a plan. God had a plan, right? Everything is messed up, and so God has a plan. And his plan is um, this, you know, $20 word, the hypostatic union. That's his plan. I wonder if anybody here has had, um, I think we call it CCD. I think now they call it RE. Like if you grew up in like Catholic or Lutheran or certain churches, before you could have your first communion, you would have some religious education. You would have some stuff that you would need to cover. And one of the things that you definitely would know is the hypostatic union. And this is a a place where um, we could learn from other christians right we could we could learn from others because sometimes we're, we're pretty weak let me let me tell you that i long for our church to be a spot where children grow up and they know they're part of the church that they're not like little pagans until they have an experience right like like we've already value them and see them in god's kingdom and they have an inheritance and a legacy i know this goes against Sort of our modern way of thinking where it's like, I want my kids to choose for themselves. So I'll lay out for them. And they get to choose this or that. But this is a very unbiblical way of raising your kids. Do you let your kids choose whether they're going to sleep over at their friend's house when you have no idea what they're doing there? Do you let your kids choose whether they're going to go to school or not go to school? No. God has entrusted you with so much with your kids. And one of the things I pray we would get better at is that we would be a place where kids have like the words that they need so that when they grow up, God can bring it to life. So kids have the pattern and then God brings it to life. We know the pattern isn't just everything. We know that just knowing Prayers to pray and knowing the languages and everything, but we do want our kids to know the words because a lot of times it starts with the words. Amen. And so, um, in our home, you know, we 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 do goofy stuff. We have popsicle sticks, and they're in the uh, they're in these two containers, and just about every single person in this room and many others um, in the church and many folks in our extended family, our neighbors have their own popsicle stick yeah I look look out I think we have one for every single person here with your name on it and sometimes it's you know four year old Camila and it'll say Mitch pray for mitch and she'll just pray this prayer i pray for mitch i hope he doesn't get covid (laughs) and it'll just be the same prayer all the time but there's a there's a we're, we're teaching our kids to love their church family we also write the fruits of the spirit so sometimes they don't get a person but they'll get goodness they'll get faithfulness they'll get gentleness other things that we have done is we will cycle through the catechism which is something that Like, I pray that as our church grows, we would have somebody whose eye is just on that. You grow up in this church, you you went through the catechism. What is that? It's just questions and answers that are easy to remember, that go over the Lord's Prayer, that go over the Creed, and go over the Ten Commandments. Which is basically a summary of, like, the Christian faith. And how valuable is it to grow up, not, like, just being someone who knows nothing about your faith but grows up and knows, they, they 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 know the notes, they know the words. Now the Holy Spirit's got to bring the music. But it's beautiful when he does, when we put in the work. So hypostatic unit, um, un, um, union, sorry. it comes from this Greek word, hypostasis, which is basically, hupo is like under, and stasis is standing, so there's like, What's really under? What, what's, like, what's the real thing? What, what's the real nature of things? So we see this word in Hebrews 1.3 where it says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory. He's talking about the son of God. And the exact expression of his nature. Of his hypostasis, Sustaining all things by his powerful word. So we see that the real nature of Jesus is that he is divine. But we also see in the verses we just read, particularly in 14 and 15, chapter 2, now since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these. So that through his death he might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is the devil and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death we have in Jesus someone who is their very nature, who they are is God and yet at the same time truly and completely who they are in the incarnation they are man you ever go get tacos you know they got the, they got the spot <laughs> they got the spot right on uh, new jersey ave and you can get you can get different kinds of, of tacos and one of them's carne right you can get carne it just means flesh it means meat right and and so what we're saying is that god became flesh he was incarnated that, that Jesus is not just like a superpowered prophet and Jesus is not just a miracle worker and Jesus is not just a wise man and Jesus is not just like an angel and Jesus is not just this vision of God where a man was pretending to be God but but Jesus was God and he is God and he also was and is man completely. This is big like Jesus, dad was a carpenter, so that means that at some point in Jesus' life, he swung a hammer and he hit his hand and it really hurt. Like if you have any other picture of Jesus, you have the wrong picture of Jesus. Jesus didn't even start preaching until he was about 30 years old. So he was somebody who was just like every other Jew in the first century in the spot that he came out of. He was loyal to his family. He hung around. And it seems like from the information we have in the scriptures that that his dad sort of disappears from the scene like a lot of us. We don't know if he died or what happened. And so he's there taking care of his mom, working, swinging a hammer. That is your Lord. (laughs) Do you hear me? That is your Lord. See, in the Old Testament there was this symbolic sacrifice for sin. It was the spotless lamb. And part of that is, part of that's like you need to bring your best to God, right? Like you weren't supposed to bring the lamb or the animal in your home that you already like didn't want. You weren't sure how it was gonna taste. It was missing a leg and you know what I mean? Like you weren't supposed to bring some raggedy stuff something you know what I mean like you were supposed to bring your best and God's law was very equitable and if all you had was a bird and you didn't have a lamb you could bring a bird and if you didn't even have money for a bird you could have brought grain you know what I mean but the point was is that you brought your best to God but the other point of it is is that a sacrifice needs to be pure because the whole idea of atonement is the, the, the mess that you brought into the world, the mess in your life, the sin in your life, it, it, it goes off of you and it goes onto this innocent and pure lamb. And what we are teaching and what I want you to know is that is that Jesus had to be God that he would be absolutely. Jesus had to be God to be that spotless lamb. But Jesus had to be a man that he'd be able to bleed. If he took the Lamb of God and his only nature was divine. And he it was just like sort of a uh, an illusion that he was man and it was just, he was just God, you know what I mean? Like Hercules or something like that. Just the superman, when when they put him on that cross, he wouldn't have bled. But he did, he bled and he died. And so the sacrifice is received. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because he is God, he is capable of taking on the sins of the entire world. But because he is man, he is capable of actually dying for those sins. I remember living in Kensington uh, for a long time and I worked at UPS so I had to wear nice clothes. I walked to the L and um, like sometimes like shirt and tie and all that and as I was walking from my house to the L which is the subway, the elevated train, what would I hear? Well, you know, dude looking like me with a tie and all that but what i hear from the corner is like narc narc cop cop right now also dude looking like me in that neighborhood when i get home at 2 3 a.m and i put my sweatpants on walk around the corner to get some chinese food looking beat up i have uh you know, Dylan makes fun of me, like, I'm so old. I had that planar fasciitis when I was 21, Alright? So, like, after standing on the grates 100 feet up in the air working at UPS, like, sometimes I'd be, I'd, I'd have that, like, glo- that I call it the Gloucester Shuffle, but then it's the Kensington Shuffle, you know what I mean? Like, I look like I probably want some Percocets. Like, I'm walking around like this. You know what I mean? And, like, I got my sweatpants on, and I'm sweaty and dirty, and I don't hear, cop, 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 knock, knock, I hear, works, 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 right? You know what I'm saying? And what, I, what I'm trying to say, like, come, sample, come, get some drugs. What I'm trying to say in all this is that is that, you know, there is no place, there is no spot where, where Jesus doesn't come in and be with us. He, he doesn't walk neighborhood as god untouchable where you couldn't hurt him he came and he really was a man he came and he would have been hanging out at the wrong places he would have been hanging out in your home and on the block and around the corner because he is the one who was incarnated he is god so he can help us but he is man so he can help us raggedy us you hear what i'm saying Because you can have somebody that has the power, but if they don't ever come through where you live and through where your problems are, it doesn't matter. And so, Jesus was a man, and he was a broke man. You know, he suffered in every way. It says in Hebrews, it says he suffered in every way and yet was tempted in every way and yet without without what without sin. He was tempted. But he didn't give in ever ever and he said well you know did jesus not like what about like did he have his did you ever have to deal though with like like a temperamental family member and like when the light bill didn't get paid it's like jesus lived 2000 years ago there's no lights there's no running water there's nothing but mass sickness all around you. You're dirty all the time. Life is always hard. And Jesus came, and he didn't come to Rome with, with the indoor plumbing and the aqueducts and the water just flowing into his house. He came to this little boondock town called Nazareth that nobody knew about that was backwater and backwards. Jesus is fully God, but Jesus is fully man. Do you hear me? Now the last thing that I want you to see is that we see in here that we have, like I told you, we see man's potential, then we see that God actually is like, all right, like, like you ever hear the expression, if you want to get the job done, do it yourself. So he sent, and we, we went over this last couple weeks. He sent his servants the prophets. What did God's people do? They didn't listen and they killed the prophets, right? See, now he sends his son. And in a lot of ways, they didn't listen to him either, and they killed him. But but see, that was always God's plan. God knew what he was doing. And so we see that that Jesus dies so that he would destroy the power of death. The one who holds the power of death. And then the author of Hebrews tells us that is the devil. Um, Church stuff, theology stuff, stuff that you have in your head that doesn't change your life is pointless. And you can get people to, like like a parrot, say the right things, but if you don't believe it and you don't live it, what's the point, right? And I, I want you to know that we've been in this series on Thursday nights, and we've been talking about the works of the devil. We've been talking about the trap doors of the devil. And we talked one night about how unforgiveness can open up a door in your life for the devil to just kind of become part of you, just sort of attach himself to you. And we talked another night, we talked about trauma, something that happened to you, abuse of all kinds, how that can be a doorway. Maybe you were a child, and now, you know what I mean? Like you are forever changed and yet there is deliverance and there is power to change you back to the way God meant for you to be in Jesus. And we're going to have a story from uh, Dylan's brother about another doorway, which is the occult, you know, witchcraft and all that stuff. And it's something that we can make fun of until you know somebody, you know. Until you know somebody that's been delivered from it. And, 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 and praise God. Dylan's brother has been. And, and we're going to hear his story. Um, but here's the thing. When we talk about the gospel being more than you individually being forgiven and going to heaven i want to say a loud amen and yes it is more than you know what i mean like oh it doesn't matter who you vote for what you do or you know what i mean like let's let's not get involved like no like we care if there's kids down the street that ain't eaten like, we care about kids growing up, and all they learn how to do is fight. We want to see them learn how to go to training school and become mechanics and plumbers and go to college and do whatever it is that God has called them to do, right? Like, as a church, we care about injustice. We care about all these things. And what I want you to know is that the, gut, the good news is not just about you individually having a ticket to heaven, but what I need you to know, and what this passage is screaming, it ain't less than that either. Do you hear me? It's not less than that. You don't have to, as the author of Hebrews say, live your whole life in the fear of death. When you believe in Jesus, the power of the devil is canceled. And what is the, what is the devil's masterpiece? What is the devil's most powerful thing? we got to go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible in the garden what does the devil do the devil tempts adam and eve and they fall into sin and it brings death and that's why the bible says that the devil has the power of death not because he has the power that god ultimately has which is truly when you live and when you die but we're talking about spiritual death we're talking about the reality That the devil comes into our lives and brings death. And what's the masterpiece? It's death itself. Everything else is a symptom. Addiction, it's a symptom. Where does it lead? Death. Marital problems. And and little departures over time. That's the symptoms. Where does it lead? Separation. Death. Demonization where you can't sleep. You can't enter room. You you feel oppressed. Where your eyes are fixated on things they shouldn't be. It's a symptom. It always leads to death. And what I want you to know is that in Revelation 1.8, we learn that Jesus, who was fully God and fully man, he went down to hell, and it says in Revelation 1.8, I went down to hell, now I got the keys. I got the keys to hell, and I can break open the door. And what I want you to know, that when God solves that problem, all the other problems become nothing I remember telling folks, well, these college kids, they would come in and they would serve and they were scared because they were in the big bad city and they all came from the country and all this stuff and we were over in North Philly and I was like, listen, what happens, what happens, brothers and sisters, what happens if you lose a relationship with your kids, what happens, what happens if you get to a spot? where you get divorced, what happens if you get sick and die? Okay, what I'm trying to say is I don't want anything like that for you. But if you are in Jesus, you are freaking going to heaven. Do you hear what I'm saying? This is a bigger deal. It is the foundation in which you can stand on. If you know you are your future, you can live right now in the presence with strength. You can face anything when you know, well, the worst thing that's going to happen to me is that I die, and then I wake up and I see Jesus. Do you hear me? I need you to hear me. Because what happens is when we detach ourselves and we get so focused on this or that problem we're trying to solve, we forget that God has solved our biggest problem. It is certain. If you put your faith in Jesus he has destroyed the power of the devil and he has destroyed the power of death and so now death is something different for us it's a relocation you hear me death becomes a relocation since I started with a comic book movie let me end with one in one of the and these are two of the worst comic book movies by the way don't judge comic movies by these two <laughs> batman versus superman and now iron man 2 <laughs> and the villain there I, Ivan Vanko he says if you can make god bleed people will cease to believe in him what a lie what a lie god bleeds and that's the only way we can see him And that's the only way we can see him. Let me pray for us. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for Hebrews. God, thank you for conquering death. God, we thank you for the hypostatic union. We thank you that you are Lord Jesus. You are fully God and you are fully man. You are the bridge. Thank you. cleanses us and that you open up a door for us to live even though we die I pray for a bit of swagger in our church I pray for a bit of walking confidently in the fact that you have already disarmed the devil at his greatest point you've already broken the greatest curse and now every little other little curse it's like you killed the mama bear And now you have us ready to fight these little baby cubs. We pray, God, that we would walk around in confidence because of what you have done for us. And that all of our problems would seem small because you have cut the biggest problem off from its head. We thank you. You are victorious.